This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Uh. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Bash. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talking Pets, heard coast to coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talking Pets. And I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Karen Vance. Here to answer your training questions, your behavior questions, and if you've got those agility questions, pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Quinn, and he'll put you on the air with us. That's 844-305-7800. The show is produced here at the farm by the ever-so-lovely... Daisy Charlotte. Hi, Daisy. Hello. Well, once again, you are listening to Talking Pets, and we want to talk with you. We're going to have a special guest joining us for the first segment of the show. His name is Zach George, and he's got a book out called Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. Well, once again, you are listening to Talking Pets, 844-305-7800. This is Talking Pets. That's our friends Poison right there, Ricky Rocket and the gang. Zach George is the founder of YouTube's number one dog training destination, Zach George's Dog Training Revolution. He also has uh, starred in Animal Planet's Super Fetch, as well as the BBC's Who Let the Dogs Out? And he is the co-author of Zach George's Dog Training Revolution, The Complete Guide to Raising the Perfect Pet with Love. He lives in New Orleans, and you can check him out at youtube.com forward slash Zach, and that's Z-A. Zach George. So, check it out. His book is put out by Penguin uh, Random House. You can find it, of course, on Amazon. You can find it in bookstores. But right now, we're going to be talking with the author himself, Mr. Zach George. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Welcome to Talking Pets. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to talk to you. It's great to have you on. I want to introduce you to, in the studio, Karen and, of course, Daisy. Hey. Hello. Hey, and then, of course, how's it going, guys? Of course, all of America listening right now as well. So... The book Wonderful. actually 
you tackle a lot of the uh, typical questions, and Karen and I were talking before you came on because it's like some people have their own techniques and some people are the same. Some people have new ideas, ones that I haven't even heard of after 30 years. Um, so I'm curious to know what some of your remedies are going to be to some of the questions that we have. But we open it up to the callers as well. If you have a behavior question for Zach, give us a call, and we might even give you a book. So uh, give us a call at 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. But how long have you been um, doing your YouTube uh, videos? So I'm, I'm actually very proud of the fact that I'm a first-generation YouTuber. I've been doing it since 2006. Um, wow. This is even before the days of Google owning YouTube. So I've been <laughs> at it a while. So you're a caveman. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. I know. It's, uh, YouTube still feels so new to me, but it's, it's aged. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's amazing how far technology has come. I, I like it sometimes, and I don't like it other times. Well, there is that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On your book, though, it's uh, Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog, Proven Solutions to the Most Common Training Problems for All Ages, Breeds, and Mixes. I'm going to start right off the bat. and um, In Chapter 1 of you, your book, you get into 10 essential uh, f uh, essentials for well-behaved dogs. What do you consider to be, out of those, what, the top five? Oh, goodness. Uh, you know, well, I mean, I think I probably listed them in relative order of importance. So, of course, making your relationship a priority with your dog is absolutely the number one thing. I mean, I just got a new puppy. I actually just started a new series on my YouTube channel called The Dog Training Experience, where I'm going to show my audience how I raise my own dog and, and document every single thing that I teach her. And I've been reminded of that number one most important factor, make the relationship a top priority uh, in these early days of shooting. So that, that really is important. Um, and yeah, I mean, number two, focus on energy level. That's an important one as well. I mean, taking that into account when you adopt a training strategy is really key. Knowing your dog's currency and the importance of exercise and all of that. I, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, number four, yeah, they are listed. I'm looking at them right now. They are listed in order of importance to me. Teach from the mm -hmm. inside out. Don't make your dog do something. Make them want to do something. Find a way to motivate your dog to willingly and enthusiastically want to do the behavior that you're trying to teach them. So that's, uh, I would say that pretty much answers your question. I got. I, what do you do think? You do you find actually with breeds <laughs> of dogs that some may be a little bit more difficult than others, that some breeds are you're easier to train? So I really try to avoid too much breed stereotyping. I mean, there there is some truth to that perhaps. But to me, a, a much more important factor is considering the individual dog. In the same way that we don't generalize people based on what country they come from, like, you know, you know, we don't assume Canadians are more athletic than Americans or, or, or whatever. It's, it's much more important to really consider the, the individual dog than it is to the breed. Now, don't get me wrong. We obviously selected for certain characteristics from certain breeds, and, and those should certainly be taken into account. But all bets are off once you have the individual dog. It's really about catering your training strategy to that dog right in front of you. Do you consider the fact that some dogs, when they don't want to listen or they do something, that they're being spiteful? <laughs> I, I don't buy into that. I don't, I don't think so. I haven't seen any evidence that uh, dogs are uh, possessing the emotion of spite. You know, I mean, uh, a thing that we always have to watch for, I'm sure you'll agree with this as dog training professionals, is we can't ever assume to know what a dog is thinking, but... Spite does not appear to be uh, at the top of their list. I'm pretty sure my dog is spiteful. <laughs> when I yell at him, he turns around and gives me the dirtiest look, and then he'll bark one more time, like, huh. 
<laughs> I think you know. I yes, think the, I, I can understand. I think a lot that. of people I've put that myself. I think a lot of people put human qualities onto their dogs. I definitely do that. That's true, and and maybe rightfully so in some cases. You know, I mean, dogs are still mammals. We do share a lot mm-hmm. of characteristics with dogs. Um, you know, but they also have their own unique ways of experiencing the world. Uh, you know, I mean, dogs smell in stereo. Did you realize this? They they actually smell with each nostril independently. And such a massive part of their, their brain is, is committed to processing sense. And they experience this world in such a completely different way than, than we could ever understand just with scent alone. It's fascinating to think about that, you know. So, so there are a lot of differences, but there are also a lot of similarities, which is what makes it an interesting partnership with dogs. And I think it's interesting, too, you were just talking about smell, but, I mean, now they have dogs. They, they've always had dogs for bombs and stuff like that, but now, like, for cancer and um, diabetes, and, and they're able to sniff this out in human beings, which I think is absolutely amazing. It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, we are just talking about this, my co-executive producer and, and my wife, Brianna, um, recently about how, how amazing that is and how capable they are and how technology hasn't even come close uh, to being able to detect scent to the level of a dog. I'm actually interested in pursuing more in scent work. It's not one of my areas of major expertise, but I find myself getting more and more interested in it. So, yeah. Well, Zach, don't go away. We're going to take a little break, and we come back. We'll continue on with Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. We're going to give two copies away right now to the first two callers that come in at 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. Call, and a copy of the book is yours. It's put out by Penguin Random House. You can find it in bookstores and online. But right now, the next two callers that come in are going to get a copy of the book, Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. You're listening to Talking Pets. If you have any questions, feel free to give us a call as well. 844-305-7800. I'm John Patch. I'm Karen Vance. And I'm Daisy Charlotte. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook Live at Talking Pets Radio. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. Um, Venus's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Daisy Charlotte. 
and I know that has significance for you at all. I'm Karen Vance, and I had a dog named Venus. And um, I believe, Zach, you had a dog named Venus as well, right? Oh, wow. What a, what a pleasant surprise. I heard the song come on, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Venus is, is my superstar. She was, um, she's no longer with us, but yeah, she was the dog that, that changed the trajectory of my life and got me into dog training. So we all have one of those dogs in this business. Well, I got to ask you, I want to ask you some basics out of your book, and it's Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved <laughs> Dog. Uh, we gave a book away to Cindy in State College, Pennsylvania, which, by the way, you're going to be going out there, Karen, soon to uh, State College. So say hello to our station out there. Hello, everybody out there. So I want to ask you, Zach, I mean, some of the basics that people call the show about are like, and you, and you list them here, um, barking, chewing, jumping up. I'm going to give you a scenario that comes on the show quite a bit is when people walk in the front door of the house, their dog has a habit of jumping up on them constantly. What's your remedy for that? Yeah. Um, okay, so typically when... Uh, it, it, I handle this in a couple of ways. It kind of depends if your dog is jumping up on you or jumping up on guests. Um, guests are, are probably the, the real common one that people get frustrated with uh, the most. In, in right. general, we have noticed as to when we have guests coming over... So my protocol in this case is to recommend, you know, five or ten minutes of exercise just before, I mean, just before guests arrive so that your dog has gotten that extra energy out of them. Typically, a dog who jumps is an energetic dog. Um, and then have them on leash so that way you're in a position to manage them. While having them on leash doesn't really train them anything, it does keep them from being in a position to jump so that you can focus on sit and stay, and then you can encourage your guests to, uh, to pet the dog. Now, sometimes that's not practical for whatever reason or, or you're surprised or, or whatever. Um, in those cases, I recommend putting the dog up in, a, in another bedroom for a few minutes. And then after your company is settled, bring them out, give your undivided attention to your dog and focus on sit and stay and then have your guests calmly pet them accordingly. And that's, that's my, my general strategy when it comes to unwanted jumping. Okay, I'm going to move it on to potty training because my nephew just got a uh, French bulldog puppy, and um, he has a bulldog already in the house, but the French bulldog is going potty in the house. So what would you say to him with a new puppy and another dog in the house, but the dog in the house is trained to going to the front door and saying, hey, I've got to go, go, to, go to the bathroom. But the puppy, of course, doesn't know I better. See. So what's your idea? Sure. And how old is the puppy out of curiosity? Do you know? I think actually it's... Not, I mean, puppy. I, I'm thinking actually it's a little older. It's about six months now. Yeah, okay. Either way, puppies all need a lot. I, you know, I always say never trust a puppy. I mean, they're cute, but <laughs> potty training takes months and months before you're out of the woods. There's nothing intuitive to a dog about, oh, I guess I shouldn't go potty in the house, you know, so we have to mm -hmm. really deliberately teach that to them. The number one mistake, with, in my view, that people with puppies make is giving them too much freedom too early on. Um, and just kind of winging it. So I recommend having very strict control of their environment during that first year of training. And if we do that, then that sets up the next 15 plus years, hopefully, of, of lots of freedom throughout the house to live and do as they please. Uh, but in that first year, we have to be so careful about showing them where they can and can't go in the house and be very deliberate about taking them outside every hour or so when we are at home first thing in the morning and all those, those common sense times when you should probably take your dog out. I also notice too, a lot of people put a lot of responsibility on puppies, don't they? They, they want their puppy to let them know when they have to go potty. And mm -hmm. really it's on us to, 
to get out there and take our dogs out as often as we reasonably think. Every hour is a good general guideline, in my view. Um, and of course, you know, let them know when they're doing the right thing. Reinforce those those positive experiences when they do go outside where they're supposed to go. But control I mean, the environment is the big one. That's where people mess up. Yeah. And you got to think you're not going to not put a diaper on a baby and say, okay, you're uh, a couple of weeks old. Now there's the toilet in the other room. Go find it. So <laughs> they, yeah, they, need to, right. they need to know well the, right from wrong. <laughs> so um, I want, you I, do you believe in crate training? Yeah. Are you asking Good. me if I do? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I tend to do oversized crates. Like with my new puppy, I'm going through it all again for the first time in many, many years, mind you. Um, and so I am using a, a pretty large crate. I had the divider panel in it to make it smaller the first couple of nights. But it's in, this may be anecdotal, but in my experience, um, you know, dogs really generalize that crate pretty, pretty quickly in my experience, most dogs, unless they come from a unique situation. So I like using a nice big crate, personally, for crate training. What about in the terms of uh, a good friend of mine, maybe you know him, is Bash Debra. He's a celebrity dog trainer. He works with, like, Madonna. Right now he's working with Ron Howard. Um, but some of the things that they come across with problems is digging in the backyard. What's your number one remedy to stop a dog from digging up the flower bed and everything else in your new grass? In, in one word, exercise. Um, you know, I mean, there, there are certainly some other things you can do, but digging... Typically, most types of digging in the yard occur due to lack of mental and physical stimulation. So a dog, and they also happen to be energetic dogs most of the time. Like diggers are usually higher energy dogs. Um, and so playing fetch with them early in the day is likely to make them feel much more content and less likely to want to act out. And of course, you know, you have to manage a dog who's digging up the yard by supervising them, preventing the digging from occurring in the first place by having them on a 20-foot lead when you take them out. Being able to take a step back on your training to repair something and teach your dog how you'd rather they behave is, is really the hallmark of a good teacher, I think. But yeah, digging exercise is my big tip on digging. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes from boredom. Um, you know, they, they just find so much time outside in the yard, and basically what they want to do is just dig, or else they're digging for a cooler spot, especially in the summer. So um, it's good to actually have like a sandbox, a wet sandbox out there, or even a swimming pool, like a baby pool. Uh, that'll keep them cool because it's sure. hot out there. More hot than uh, it's been Agreed, in, yeah. in years. But we're going to take a little break. Can, can you stay with us a little bit longer, Zach? Absolutely. Okay. Don't go away. We'll be back with uh, Zach George. The book is called Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online from YouTube's number one dog trainer. That's Zach George. Proven solutions to the most common training problems for all ages, breeds, and mixes. It's put out, of course, by Penguin Random House. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. But right now, for the third caller that comes in to Quinn, our producer there at the network, we're going to send you a copy of the book. It is 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. Be the third caller, and the book is yours. 844-305-7800. Don't forget, you can watch us on Facebook Live right now at Talking Pets Radio. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to talk with you. I'm John Patch. I'm Karen Vance. And I'm Daisy Charlotte. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Hair, hair everywhere. 
How do you manage your cat's hair, hairballs, and dander when they're not really fond of bathing? The answer is just a whisker away with catnip bath wipes from Whitegate. It's the only cat wipe on the market that's infused with natural catnip oil. Catnip bath wipes will leave your cat happy, calm, and playful, and you'll both look forward to bath time. Go to whitegateinc.com, that's W-H-Y-T-E-G-A-T-E-I-N-C.com, and enter the code CATNIP for 15% off site-wide, plus free shipping. That's right, 15% off. We're not kidding. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my God, I love it. So did I. I saw it in the theater twice. It was great. Yeah, it was a great film. You saw it too, Karen? Yep, oh. sure did. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? I, did, I just yeah. can't say enough about it, how good it was. It was great. Everything yeah. about it, the cinematography, the story, the whole thing was just amazing. And I might go to the concert when it comes here in Tampa. Oh, I'm going. Queen with Adam Lambert, so uh, looking forward to that. Tickets for like the third row, like third level, are we're going for $800 right now. Oh, Seba. you are kidding. Are you serious? Yeah. Ridiculous amounts of money. Okay, maybe I won't be going. <laughs> <laughs> I might just sneak in the back door of the arena. Yeah, you and me when, both. When nobody's we'll, looking. <laughs> we'll jump in out, you know, through the bathroom window or something. <laughs> so, Zach George, are you a Queen fan? Absolutely. Who isn't a Queen fan? They're yeah, all right. Just amazing. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. I love the movie. I, I've not caught it yet, but you've just inspired me to go out and see it immediately. So I'll yeah. have to do, I guess, it tonight. do it on is iTunes that, or whatever. It's actually on HBO right now. Really? Um, so if you have HBO, it's on oh. there. So uh, not a, go visit a friend with HBO. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, my wife and I are coming over to watch Bohemian Rhapsody for the next two and a half hours. You can leave the house if you want. <laughs> Well, back to the book. Funny. We're talking with Zach George. It's Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. And, um, by the way, uh, if somebody calls right now, we're going to give you a copy of the book at 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. One of the most disgusting things people always call about, and I do have a home remedy, um, but I'm curious to know what you say about um, dogs eating poop. And if not their own yes, or another one in the yard, but what about cat poop as well? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, there's there's a lot to say there, um, but I, I think I can sum it up, and I'm anxious to hear about your home remedy as well. Um, but in general, you know, for me, those types of things, dogs picking up unwanted things, whether it's poop or a piece of garbage on a walk, kind of all fall under what I like to call a real life leave it. 
A lot of pet parents will take the time to teach their dog how to leave a treat alone or how to leave their food bowl alone before they set it down, for example. And too often we assume that, oh, since they understand leave it in this limited context, well, they should also understand how to leave dog poop alone in, in the yard or on a walk or pieces of garbage. So I really recommend teaching your dog a broad, generalized leave it by showing them how to leave lots of things alone, including but not limited to poop. In, in other words, by default, we want our dogs to, to understand that things are to be left alone in the world unless otherwise uh, noted. So that's that's kind of my strategy. And I go over how to teach a real-life leave it pretty frequently on my YouTube channel uh, as well as the book. Cool. Well, once again, you can find remedies like this in his book, Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. I mean, one of the things I, we get a lot of people that call up on the show and they have cats and dogs, and the dog goes into the cat litter box and ends up eating the Tootsie Rolls. Eating um, crunchies. Yes. So, And that's because they're high in protein. So the dogs are kind of like, oh, I like this taste. I don't know how or why, but the last time I had a scoop out the litter box, it's not anything I want to put near my lips. But... The thing is, is that if you actually a home remedy that you can feed your cats, it's uh, three parts Adolf's meat tenderizer to one part anise root, which you can find like in GNC and so on and so forth. Mix that together, put it over their food. When it comes out the other end, it's supposed to be totally distasteful to your dog. You would think it would be anyway, even without that, but um, apparently not for the dog. They'll eat anything. <laughs> Dogs that will eat rocks as Interesting. well. So. Yeah, I've learned yeah. something. Interesting. Yeah, no, it, it works. It works. What about, um, do you, do you consider that, humping to be a dominance uh, kind of thing in dogs? Oh, well, you know, I mean, here's the, I mean, the thing about the term dominance among dog training professionals is such a loaded term, as I'm sure you're aware, um, and, and gets attributed to so many things. T- to my knowledge, there's no formal definition of term dominance in, in ethology, and for that reason, I don't really like to attribute too much to dominance because it's most likely a dog is, is jumping or humping just because they want to interact with, with a person. You know, dog-to-dog interactions are a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we can really look at each individual case and understand it rather than just throwing a broad brush uh, statement on there with a definition that no one fully agrees on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, too. I was just... Uh a lot of people, when they're walking their dogs throughout a nice area of town or wherever in the neighborhood, and one dog walks up to the other on a lead, and all of a sudden the one dog starts sniffing the other dog's back in, the butt. And some people will pull them away, but that's not the right thing to do, correct? Uh, right. In general, that's probably not the, the best thing to do. It can oftentimes trigger frustration from one to one or both dogs and cause a, a fight or whatever. And I'm not a fan of on-leash interactions between dogs. There's time to play. There's, you know, if your dog is the type of dog that likes to play with other dogs, then schedule times for them to play with other dogs. But in general, just because they see a dog doesn't mean, okay, we're going to stop and talk to the dog and do all this other stuff. Obviously, there are exceptions. You know, you run into a friend on a walk. You both have well-behaved dogs. There's probably no no harm in them saying a quick hello to each other if, if both dogs are pretty well taught and everything. But, but yeah, by, by default, I would agree with you. You should avoid that. Well, one final question out of Zach George's Guide to the Well-Behaved Dog would be separation anxiety. Um, some dogs will actually hurt themselves because they're so frantic over mom and dad just left me. Um, any ideas or any suggestions that you can give people that they're dealing with their dogs that are dealing with separation anxiety? 
Yeah, yeah, you're throwing out the tough ones here. That's good though, because <laughs> you're right. Separation anxiety. I'm picking through. I'm picking through your book. People... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, and that's that's really one of the reasons I wanted to get this book done was to really delve into the the hardest dog training questions that I get, mainly so I can refer people to them instead of having to answer them individually. Although I'm happy to do that too, of course. Um, but yeah, in, separation anxiety. You know, it's a spectrum. I mean, some dogs have mild separation anxiety. Other dogs more severe, like you described, where they're actually injuring themselves. So it's pretty case by case. What I find to be, and, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record here, but one thing I find for people who need immediate relief with this is to get their dog exercised early in the day or just before they leave their dog alone. An exercise dog is much likely to be far less anxious, whether it's due to being away from you or anything else, maybe thunderstorms, anything that causes anxiety, exercise seems to reduce that with most dogs. Uh, there are more extreme cases, of course. Um, so that's where I would start with, with separation anxiety. Uh, not all dogs are okay with crates. You know, a dog with extreme separation anxiety probably should not be a, a crate dog. So you have to consider uh, each individual dog, what makes them comfortable getting them comfortable with being alone for shorter periods of time rather than just every time you leave, you're gone for eight hours and stuff like that. But no magic answer. However, exercise will probably give some some immediate benefit to separation anxiety. Well, it's a great book. It's called Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. We can bring the horse to water, but you got to make him drink. And the only way you can do that for your dogs is to actually read the book because we gave you some suggestions and some ideas but you need to read more about what's going on. And he tackles everything from barking to chewing to jumping up, flea biting, potty problems, leash pulling, also, of course, fears and phobias, aggression, which is a big category, and as well as hyperactivity and so much more in this book. Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. Zach, thanks for joining us here on the program. It was a great pleasure, and uh, we look forward to keeping in touch with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Anytime, and our best to your family, and uh, we'll talk with you again soon, and have a good weekend. Yes, you too. Thank you. That's Zach George. He is the author of the book, Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. And again, proven solutions to the most common training problems for uh, all ages, breeds, and mixes. So anytime you're dealing with training, um, you, you need good advice. And Karen, you'd back that, right? I mean, in terms of like... You don't. I really agree with Zach when he said you bring a dog home and you don't just let it go in the house and say, "Oh, okay, you're home." You got to put the parameters out there and teach it right from wrong and let it know where the dog can go and what it can do. You never want to just set it free. Right. You definitely need expert advice, for sure. And um, people need to do their homework, so reading a book is a good way to do it. But working with the trainer is even better because then you're hands-on, one-on-one. Absolutely. Well, again, I have another copy of the book. If you'd like to get a copy of it, call right now, and the book is yours at 844-305-7800. Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. The book is yours. Just call 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. Don't forget, you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The icons are right there at the top of the homepage at TalkinPets.com. No G in the Talkin', and you can watch us on Facebook Live right now at Talkin' Pets Radio. A big hello to our number one fan on Facebook, Darla. Hey, Hi, Darla. Darla. This is Talkin' Pets. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, 
Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. My father is our hero. Buddy Ackerman's daughter told an ABC Action News of his quick maneuver that saved her dog Osi from the jaws of a nearly 8-foot alligator. The 75-year-old Florida man leveraged some quick thinking to save the life of his daughter's golden retriever after the dog was attacked by an alligator. Buddy Ackerman of Palm Harbor opened up to a local station, ABC Action News, about the harrowing July 9th incident which saw a nearly 8-foot gator make quick work of grabbing the canine, named Osi, as the pup was relieving himself near a backyard pond. He was squealing a good bit when the thing grabbed him, Ackerman told the outlet, recalling being a nervous wreck, and then slipping and falling onto his backside while tugging against the reptile. Alligators going one way, I'm going the other, he said. Eventually, Ackerman recounted the gator opened his mouth real wide and backed up a little after he had kicked the reptile two times in the snout. The maneuver allowed O.C. to get free from the larger animal's grasp. My father is our hero, Ackerman's daughter Jody told ABC Action News of her dad, who was watching the dog while she was on vacation. O.C. and I are so very grateful that no one was hurt. An adorable snapshot was taken after the incident showing O.C. next to a danger sign with a picture of a gator on it, warning people not to feed the animals. For Ackerman, he was just thankful Osi was a larger dog, explaining, I don't know what would have happened with people with little Pekingese or something running around. I guess we'd say goodbye. The Tampa Bay Times reports it was dark outside when the incident occurred as Ackerman was walking Ozzy around 5.30 a.m. local time and that the dog did walk away without injury. I'm chalking it up to good luck, Ackerman told the Times of his victory. I was more worried about my daughter and how she would feel. According to ABC Action News, trappers retrieved the gator, who was 7 feet 7 inches long. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TalkinPets.com. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Karen Vance. See you later, alligator. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. When I asked her what's the matter, this is what I heard her say. See you later, alligator. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Karen Vance. And I'm Daisy Charlotte. You know, one of the biggest things out there is that, you know, people go to certain states like Florida and they think, okay, you know, let's go on a hike. Let's go to the park. Let's do this. Take our dog off lead. Let it run around. There's a lake. Oh, well, 
I'll tell you, most lakes down here <laughs> have little creatures in them. If not all lakes, <laughs> and yeah. um, some of them are big creatures. <laughs> How about the lady who had one in her came into her dining room through the window? I oh. mean, you don't have to be in the lake. You could just get up in the morning, go out to your living. They knock room. on your front door, and yeah, oh boy. Yep, there was one banging his head on somebody's door the one time. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, and then, were you talking about the woman though, with not in the living room but in the kitchen? That yeah, one? it went yeah, yeah through there. That that, that the was a big door. gator too. Yes, it was very big. I went to see that movie. Um, I went on Tuesday night movie night, you know, and I. Paid for a movie because I usually um, screen them all, <laughs> right. but it was five dollar night. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So I don't think I'll ever do that again. Though there were so many people, it was like the end of the world in there. <laughs> um, I mean, and then I sat right in front of the screen. Oh, it was like oh, I'm not used to this. <laughs> that's a different experience. When it is really, place. but I, I did go get to, I did get to see the movie Crawl, which I wanted to see, and um, I didn't get to screen it because I guess they thought it was too bad to screen. But um, I actually thought it was pretty good. It was filmed here in Florida and. Um, it was about these killer gators and all, and there was a hurricane going on and stuff, and I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was like Sharknado? With no, Sharknado's stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Crawl wasn't that stupid. I mean, it was actually pretty dramatic. I liked it. I don't know. My friends that were with me were like, one wouldn't even look at the screen, terrified. <laughs> I was like, how old are you? And the other one was just like, ugh. He didn't like it. No. Um, I did, though. So, I like movies like that. But by the way, we were speaking with Zach George, uh, Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. I still have one more book, so if somebody wants to call and get the book, you can have it. Uh, Gail got one in Allenson, Michigan, so congratulations, Gail. But one more book left at 844-305-7800. You can speak with our producer, Quinn, 844-305-7800. We didn't get a chance, actually, Karen, to talk with um, Zach about his book and aggression. But aggression really is like one of the worst behaviors out there for dogs and I think a lot of people have a hard time dealing with it and one being for instance food aggression do you have any remedies for that like if a dog growls every time you go to pick up their food dish or whatever well they won't growl at the empty food dish that's a fact um, I have to tell you I got my method from Ian Dunbar okay um, and Dr. Dunbar feeds the dog one piece of kibble at a time Okay, so you scoop out all the food, get it ready, and you pick up that bowl. Yes, you are. (laughs) Every single time the dog eats that piece, he thinks, pick up my bowl and feed me. What's the matter with you? Pick it up and feed me. Would you pick it up and feed me? Because he just ate that piece. He eats that piece. Pick it up and feed me. Pick it up and feed me over and over and over and over. And it's a lot. Groundhog Day. It is a process that takes a while, but you get to the point you're putting in three at once. You're picking it up after the dog only ate one of the three. So there's still two kibbles in there. But he's now so used to thinking, pick up my bowl. Would you pick the darn thing up? Would you pick that stupid thing up? Pick up my bowl. Pick up my bowl. Pick up my bowl. You're actually changing how they think entirely about picking up the bowl. I have used this many times. It takes time. Sometimes I take the dog in and do it myself yeah, well, rather than that's having... One, that's one thing with dogs, too, and training dogs. Is it's not. Sometimes it is a quick fix, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes, this just persists. especially with aggression, because aggression really is bad. 
um, in dogs, and it's kind of hard to cure. So your your technique, I can see where you're going with it. Well, it's not my personal. That's why I give all credit to Dr. Dunbar. I mean, it's the it's greatest. An, anybody could do it. It's an interesting technique, and uh, it would take time. Some people will get more bored with it than your dog will because the dog's going to want the kibble. Um, but the thing is, it's not a bad idea. Well, aggression is so serious. If you just sort of imply that you could have legal issues to the owner of the dog, they'll be more motivated to go ahead and, and go ahead and accomplish this and get it done. Well, congratulations to Jackie out in Spokane, Washington. She's getting the final book, Zach George's Guide to a Well-Behaved Dog. Hope you guys enjoy the book. Way to go, Zachy. Thanks for joining us in this hour of Talking Pets. Um, and by the way, spay and do your pets and help control the pet population. If you're looking to bring a pet home, uh, make sure you go to your rescue, rescue group or your local shelter and get one there. From myself, John Patch. Karen Vance. And Daisy Charlotte. We say goodbye for now. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. Thanks for listening on your favorite radio stations across the country. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again. There's always more of Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.